You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Even though the Cincinnati Reds did not qualify for the 2017 postseason, plenty of exciting moments for the Reds during the regular season. Joining us to break it all down on this Friday, the 13th, Spooky, Mr. Mark Sheldon. Mark, uh, we thank you for the time as always. Uh, Been a long time since we chatted, but uh, always good to get uh, reacquainted. And what we're going to do today is uh, focus on the the top moments of uh, the Reds season, the top, you know, 10 or 15. And uh, for a Reds team that, like I said, did not qualify uh, for the postseason, a lot of uh, thrilling moments that you uh, had the privilege of covering during the regular season. And a lot of that, thanks to a guy named Scooter. Uh, he had the, the four-homer game. Uh, he had some uh, four grand slams this season as well. I mean, he was uh, terrific. Uh, we've got some uh, Joey Votto highlights in there, as we uh, so often do. We've got some home run robberies and uh, Billy Hamilton doing Billy Hamilton things on the base paths. And uh, I would think that Scooter is uh, pretty close to the top of your list as far as uh, a personal favorite, but I'll let you uh, have the stage. And uh, what what does indeed stand out to you? Yeah, I would definitely say Scooter Jeanette stood out a lot. It was uh, what what made the season really unique in general. It was a 94 loss season. Obviously, no one wants to remember these kind of seasons, but uh, I would have to say in, in the 12 years I've covered the Reds and the 17 years I've covered baseball for MLB.com, this was definitely one of the more interesting seasons. It just seemed like there was a lot of things happened this season like where I said, wow, I've never seen that before in person at a game. And, and certainly Scooter Jeanette with the four home run game was one of those things. Uh, it only happened at the time 17 times in Major League history when he did it. Obviously, J.D. Martinez also did it later in the season. But I was just like, holy cow, Scooter Jeanette, who barely played. He wasn't even a regular yet when yeah. he was uh, when he was doing that. Uh, he just had one of those phenomenal seasons as a waiver claim. And, and then, and you know, he took over second base by July. But on that June night against the Cardinals, it, it started out pretty benign. He, he, you know, he hit a home run. He hit a grand slam. He did his thing. And then next thing you know, in the, late in the game, he had a chance to hit a fourth home run. And he, and he nuked it and right into the right field seats. And it was it was remarkable. Yeah, it really was. And and kind of take us through, you know, as you're sitting up there in the press box, and obviously I imagine that there's there's chatter amongst you and your colleagues when he's up at the plate seeking that uh, fourth home run. When he hit it, uh, I mean, was it a goner right away, or was there some, you know, indecision as to, oh, this, you know, this has a chance, or was it a no-doubter? Just kind of take us through what's going through your head as that uh, fourth home run uh, did eventually reach the seats. Well, as we want to do, we, we try to anticipate uh, things that are happening historically. You're already, you know, asking for questions like when was the last time this happened, and you're you're preparing a story, and and, and looking through, okay, who, when was the last four home run game? How many times has this happened? Has it ever happened in Reds history, which it had not at the time, uh, and all that. And then uh, in that fourth at bat or that, that attempt for the fourth home run, he, he's up, and, and on the first swing, he, he looked like he was swinging out of his shoes. He, he completely missed the ball, and he almost fell down uh, swinging. And he was, you could tell he was, even though later on he said he was not going for it, but you could tell he, he wanted that home run. He was aware of what he was doing. And then when, on the next pitch, I believe, is when he, he made the contact, and it looked like it was going to go out, but it, was, it wasn't a, no, a no-doubter. It, it only went maybe three or four rows deep into the right field seats, but uh, – Man, the place was electric. It was when when he did it, everyone knew it, and uh, it was it was pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like you said, you always have to be one step ahead. And uh, you know, looking at the 
the history and preparing your research as far as uh, wondering if anybody has ever done what he was about to do. And uh, as you said, uh, no Red had ever gone deep four times in one game until that fateful night of uh, June 6th when Scooter did. Now, as impressive as that is, obviously, I would think that hitting four grand slams in one season, uh, that's going to be pretty close. That's going to be up on that list, too. And uh, were you aware at that time that uh, nobody had ever, in the course of one season, had a four-homer game and hit four grand slams in that in that one season? He's the only player ever to do that. So was that on your mind as well, or was that something that kind of after the fact you discovered? It was after the fact. I think it was uh... – you know, the only other person that had done that besides him at all, ever, not never, no one had ever done the same season, but the only time that had ever come up at all was, was Lou Gehrig. And I, and I remember like, wow, this guy, not only is he in the same uh, mention with Lou Gehrig now, earlier in the year in August, he got on the same mention as Babe Ruth because he, in a, in a blowout loss, he hit his uh, 15th, or sorry, he hit his 20th home run of the season against the Cubs on August 14th, and then they needed him to pitch the ninth inning. So he was the first guy, you know, since Babe Ruth in 1921 to, to hit his 20th homer and then appear as a pitcher. And then, of course, like Lou Gehrig did his, uh, his feet over two different seasons with the, the, you know, the four grand slams and the, and the four homer game. And there's Scooter Jeanette. Not exactly a major uh, a major league Hall of Famer in, in waiting, but he, he topped two of, or equaled two of the best of all time. Yeah, I mean, and what other sport could a guy you know named Scooter Jeanette uh, be mentioned in the same in the same breath as two all time icons in Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig? That's what makes uh, baseball so wonderful. And uh, Mark, I remember that uh, only a couple of weeks after Scooter had the four homer game, I had the privilege of uh, hosting a, a chatting cage for MLB.com where he was the guest and. Obviously, 95% of the inquiries and questions were about the four-home run game. He seemed pretty humble. He seemed pretty uh, overwhelmed about what he had done. Uh, talk about his, his post-game reaction after, you know, putting his name in the record books, which only, I think, 16 other guys had ever done up to that point. Well, he was pretty elated. He was, you know, he, he, he's a funny guy, and he definitely carries himself well with, with media. And one of the things he kind of does is, he's got his own bat company. So it's called show bats and him and his father, I think do it together. And he becomes almost like a NASCAR driver hopping <laughs> out of the car after, after uh, a win. And he's sitting in victory lane. He'll, he'll sit there and sing the praises of show bats uh, while he, he works that in while he's talking about the, the feats post game. So it's always pretty funny when he does it because he does it and his, and his teammates roll their eyes and laugh because they, they think it's hilarious that he, you know, without apology at all, just absolutely, you know, works in his plugs as best as he can. But uh, he was definitely elated. You know, he, he, he kind of you know, talked about how, you know, in the off season he, he really didn't do a whole lot of changing, but he just spent a lot more time working on his swing and hitting, and, and uh, he didn't, like, do any major overhauls or anything like that. But he just one of those guys that just caught lightning uh, after being, you know, let go by his original team, being a, a last day of spring training waiver claim, and, and then he, he got to go to his hometown team on top of it, a team he grew up rooting for. So it all kind of just was one of those things that's just been a charm season for Scooter. Yeah, and, and like you said, you summed it up perfectly in saying, you know, this this guy was a, a waiver claim, and, uh, you know, he's a good player and no disrespect, but, you know, I don't think the Cooperstown's doors are going to open themselves for him one day. I think that's a pretty safe assumption. But uh, he just had one of those seasons and uh, had a few of those moments with the four home run game and the four grand slams, and what a 2017 it was for Scooter Jeanette. And, uh, you know, Mark, we talk uh, at length about uh, the things that Billy Hamilton does that just make her jaw drop. Uh, give me one or two Billy Hamilton moments that stand out to you from this past season. 
Well, there's certainly the one uh, back on August 8th, uh, just a normal day, Sal Romano's pitching, and, and uh, Carlos, uh, I always screw up his last name, Asuahe from the Padres hit a ball all the way to the wall. It, it wasn't going to go out, but it was going to hit the center field wall, and Hamilton, I mean, of course, does what he does. He gets a jump on it, makes a long run, and then he, while he's in the air, he makes a mid, mid, mid-air adjustment and makes a basket catch while he hits the wall and then falls flat on his back and he's laughing. And it was kind of one of those definitely, you know, he's got so many catches in his, in his uh, personal highlight reel that are, you say are amazing. That might've been the best one yet. He thought it was one of his best and, and uh, it was pretty cool. And, and then on top of that, you know, late in the season against Boston, he, he gets in a rundown. He's easily going to be picked off at first base. And somehow he turned that into a, a total mess for Boston. They were all standing around and the ball was kind of kicking around everywhere. And he scored uh, after being in a rundown and picked off. So that was just two of the things he's done this season. He also had one in Cleveland where he appeared to make the final out of the game uh, at first base on a ground out, but the Reds challenged the call before everyone came off the field. It turned out Hamilton was safe. And then he scored the winning run on a Zach Cozart single from first base. So he had a lot of great moments this season. Yeah, he really did, and that's uh, kind of the norm for him. Uh, Offensively, defensively, on the base paths especially, uh, Billy Hamilton seems to do it all every season uh, for this Reds team. Uh, Mark, I thought we were done with uh, Scooter moments, but one I just uh, discovered, I want you to kind of give us the play-by-play for this one for those that that didn't see it at the time. This was back on September 10th, and apparently uh, Scooter was uh, ejected. I'm not quite sure why, maybe arguing balls and strikes. And then uh, Brian Price arguing with the with the umpires but the argument was halted midway through because because of the seventh inning stretch and god bless america do i have that right yeah that was that's that was one it was a city field against the mets um scooter took a called strike three he honestly didn't argue the call or anything but what he did do is he he chucked his bat and he he did a uh, nfl style spiking of his helmet on home plate right in front of the umpire and walked away and he was ejected and he was shocked and then brian price of course came out and wanted to get his pound of flesh on it with the umpires and was going at it with uh, the crew chief and the home plate umpire at the same time. And then without, you know, the Mets weren't stopping anything. And of course, they have to keep the keep the proceedings moving. They go into God Bless America. And in the minute the song stop, starts, the, the, the argument stops. Everyone takes off their hats and stands there. And, and Brian Price, uh, after the game, had said, you know, it was good that it happened, that he, he obviously knew that uh, he, he didn't want to uh, – disrespect the country obviously it was right around september 11th and the anniversary and he, he was well aware of where he was and what was going on and, mm. and uh he'd also said that at the time it, it really did give him an opportunity to, to kind of cool off and you know just back away and then you know he got his argument in but then he was able to stay in the game and not get ejected he was a game he really did not need to get ejected from they were looking for a win and uh they didn't need that so he he was able to stay stay with it yeah, and that's a great point. Uh, I didn't uh, pick up on the, you know, I didn't connect those dots that it was obviously the day before 9-11. They're in uh, City Field in New York, so uh, it's a good thing that Cooler Heads uh, did prevail. And so so God Bless America ends, and it did uh, did Brian Price just simply walk away? Did, did he, I mean, I, I would think that he lost all of his steam at that point after initially arguing, like, how, how did that whole thing kind of conclude? He did. He did say a couple more words, but he was not arguing anymore. And uh, he just basically said a couple more words of peace, and then and then walked back to the dugout. And then everything continued as normal. We, the one the one thing that was funny is that you, you talked to the players afterward. I remember talking to Cozart and uh, 
and one other guy, and they were watching from the dugout wondering, okay, what's going to happen? God bless America's about to start. Brian's arguing with the umpire. What's he, what's he going to do? And they, were, they weren't sure what was going to happen. And they weren't sure, of course, you know, once the song ended, if he was going to put his hat back on and start screaming again. They were, they were as interested as anybody else was in what this was going to be uh, the turnout. So, uh, so Brian, uh, to his credit, he wasn't happy, but he, he probably handled that as, about as well as he could possibly handle it. Yeah, I agree. It was one of those uh, awkward things. You're not quite sure what the outcome is going to be, but I think uh, the way it did turn out is the way it had to turn out, uh, given the circumstances and uh, where he was and the date of the game and so on and so forth. Uh, Mark, as we come down the home stretch here, uh, give me one moment, whether it was a game or a play or or just something quirky that that just kind of knocked you sideways and something you completely did not see coming. Maybe maybe it was the four-homer game by Scooter, but was there anything else that just completely blindsided you? I don't know if it was about a blindsiding. I, I just – the things that came up this season – I mean, the Scooter Jet one was the big, the big surprise, but there was just things that were just quirky this season, whether it was Todd Frazier, former Red, hitting into a triple play or, or things like that. But the one play that kind of stood out to me was, again, on August 14th, the same night that Scooter Jeanette pitched in the game. It was a blowout. Uh, the Cubs had tried to do a four outfield alignment, a four right. outfielder alignment against Joey Votto. And, you know, Joe Madden put uh, Chris Bryant out there uh, in, like, I guess would be left center field. <laughs> so they had, you know, four outfielders, and he still managed to hit a double down the right field line. As Joey Votto has had an amazing MVP caliber season, he couldn't be stopped. And I thought that was uh, very interesting. It was just one of those things, like, you just, one of the reasons why I love my job is I never know what I'm going to see when I get to the ballpark on a given day. And, and for some reason, that really made it, you know, it was a very interesting thing. I just thought it was pretty cool that the Cubs tried something unique. It's not that, like, it's never happened. But Joe Madden said he tried it before on players when he was with Tampa Bay. But I just thought it was cool that, that he did it against Votto. Votto beat him, and, it, you know, the game went on. So it was just different different quirky things that just happened throughout the season that I, I like, to, you know, from the – God bless America incident to the four home run game to the triple play to some of the things that Billy Hamilton did. I just saw some things I just never saw before, and I thought it was pretty cool. And like you said, for a team that lost 94 games, they certainly kept you entertained and uh, on your toes more than most other 94 lost teams would. So uh, a credit to the Reds for that, and uh, a credit to you, Mr. Sheldon, for sharing those moments with us today, and uh, that's going to put a bow tie on this one. Mark Sheldon, Reds reporter, joining us. We'll do it again soon. In the meantime, Matt Waymire signing off for MLB.com Extras, Cincinnati Reds.